0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things
1: geek. Uh oh! Guess what day it is?
2: Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs>
1: Woo-hoo!
3: bridge and captain on the bridge
1: you will probably find this inspection boring for the likes of you boring well we won't be blowing things up taking or engaging in fire crash landing expectedly or unexpectedly those were the days there is something coming Battle battle stations some kind of attack and Starfleet could be the target There's a darkness An all-consuming darkness And it is getting stronger Jean-Luc, trust no one
4: Jean-Luc picard We will have vengeance to the far reaches of
5: space. But something's different now.
1: This is the end, my friend. Jordy! Such pathetic old warriors. Ah. I, too, was once irrational, violent
4: anybody you know still the person you knew this
5: is life or death it's always life or death John Luke when has it not been
4: with each ticking moment I will take another piece of you
1: battle stations Jean-Luc! survival
3: <laughs> human nature battle fight
1: or we die
2: Close it gun it
1: i need you all of you
2: we're with you
1: always engage well are you enjoying this
2: of course not are you
1: Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, Earth Station One people! It is time to go boldly where no one has gone before. Well, quite a few people have gone there before, (laughs) but we are going to be talking about this third season of Picard has finally closed and closing a chapter to the next gen. It could be very interesting to talk about, and we got a great crew to talk all about it tonight. Of course, we have Keith Johnson, we have Veronica, and, of course, we have Chuck from Earth Station Trek joining us. We're talking about Star Trek. Of course, we right here. Yeah. Yay. Yay. We'll Yay! Thank we'll you guys for, for being here. Yeah.
2: Like like the changelings, they, they just invaded our station. <laughs> exactly. Right.
1: They came disguised as other people and they pulled off them. <laughs> it, it was awesome. It's the
2: Trek people. Ah, okay. So it's <laughs> I mean, pretty I, awesome. At some point, I might turn into Alan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that I'd pay to see. I would pay to see that. I would pay to see that. And of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. You're it ready is for me. It's 100% Chark
2: me, talk? unfortunately.
1: Yes, it is. It is him. Can't say anything else. It's him. It's a good thing. So it's going to be awesome. We are going to spoil the hell out of this one, folks. So if you are not caught up with the season, if you haven't finished it, put us on pause. Watch it because it is worth it, folks. Mm -hmm. It is so much fun. And I don't want to say anything yet because we got a lot of discussion ahead of us tonight. So please. Spoilers, watch, re- wash, repeat. It's awesome. You know, we'll definitely be ready for it. <laughs> so definitely, Mr. Mike, take us away. Yeah, make and, it so.
2: And to and to add to that, uh, not only are we going to have spoilers for the season three of Picard, but the other two previous seasons and probably all of Star Trek. So, yes. just know that going in. Um, because, if you've never uh, watched oh.
1: Next Generation, you know, forget yeah, it. The,
5: this well, one, uh, <laughs> this
1: one, or, sort of, or Deep Space Nine, or, yeah. or Voyager. Or, I or, said
5: exactly. all the Star Trek. So, spoilers for the last fifty some odd years. Exactly, exactly. That's not too much to ask, right?
2: Um, never. Uh, well, so many of it, you know, is regurgitated in this season. So, if you don't mm-hmm, know, yeah. you don't know, right? So, right. anyway. <laughs> you don't know Um, you don't know so um yeah let's get right to it Um, who knew what what was your Keith? we'll start with you what was your overall feelings thoughts about season three
5: of Picard and which I think is the final season correct yes yeah um I really enjoyed it I think that I really disliked the first two seasons of Picard. The first one was barely held my interest. The second season, honestly, uh, sorry guys, that was me. Um, I honestly call the second season horrible. I, I truly, truly disliked it, and I had a lot of issues with the plot. I had a lot of issues with guiding and so guiding and so forth. This one was good. A lot of people don't like all the fan service it had, but I thought the plot was better. It moved faster. The characters felt more natural, bringing Riker in and making Beverly a focus. It felt like Next Generation. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think uh, one of our, um, one of our uh, participants on our podcast made a good point, which was Picard Season 3 felt more like a Star Trek movie than perhaps a Star Trek season. But there's nothing wrong with that. So I enjoyed it. And even some of the major plot holes, I could overlook them because I was having fun. <laughs> uh, I was pleasantly surprised and I actually started watching it again with my wife um just yesterday. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, rewatching
4: already. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh Chuck, what about you? I loved it. I mean, I've I've got my criticisms because it's Star Trek and I always have my criticisms. But um I mean, I think the characterizations are what matter here and I think they did a, an incredible job and incredible justice to the characters and to the actors. Yeah. Of the course of this season. Now, the, the the overall story is not what I would prefer for a Star Trek story. Um, <laughs> I would right. have preferred something that was a little Star Trekier and a little less, you know, big evil villain in a big evil chair with a big evil gun. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's enjoyable throughout. I had a great time. And as far as the serialized uh, new Star Trek series have gone since 2017, I think it's one of the strongest serialized seasons they've done. Yeah. And, and you're
2: nodding, Veronica?
3: yeah yeah I, I agree that uh it's it's very much serialized um but i i agree that it's probably one of the best serialized star treks that they've done um i really en- miss the episodic which is hilarious because ds9 is my favorite um <laughs> but it was it, it was episodic with a thin line of serialization throughout which is what i really like um But I really loved all the fan service, and they did it really well. Not in a way that it's like fan service in your face, and it was like, why did you do that? You just did that for fan service. Sometimes, sometimes it was a little bit,
4: but it was well done,
3: shoving (laughs) fan service down your throat. (laughs) So, um, I I I really enjoyed it a lot. It was fun. There was they would make light in serious moments instead of spend 10 minutes having a serious discussion in serious moments (laughs) Mm.
1: Mm. mike i have to agree with you know what the trek people have to say because they're the experts of course but (laughs) you know i i do agree that the first two seasons of picard were okay they weren't Mm. great but they were entertaining you know i liked patrick stewart in it season 2 i thought was a train wreck yeah. and i wanted it i kept on wanting it to be so much better and it it felt like they kept on just throwing things against the wall to see what would stick and you know oh they're in the past boom who could they run into boom you know or mm-hmm. you know and it was real interesting that when they announced that a lot of the original cast for T- the TNG was coming back for the final season and I was like hmm how are they going to do this what are they going to do with it and you know and then I was like going alright which one of the soons is Dana going to play you know that is going to play next and so all I was, of them exactly
5: <laughs> and it was
1: interesting did I enjoy season 3 loved it it was fan service out the yin yang. Yeah. But I loved every second they get they gave me. Yeah. So you know, I have I have criticisms with it, but overall when I stopped watching it on last Thursday night after it aired, I was grinning ear to ear. Like oh <laughs> wow. So yeah. and I was like, I can't wait to talk about it with my podcast friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know? that was even more so that's what it's all about oh yeah of course
2: i um for me uh going into season one of picard i uh didn't care for it that much uh but what got me through it was uh patrick stewart playing picard because i just love that character i love his performance of that character it's you know, I'll watch him read the phone book, you know, like that's uh, <laughs> and and so I didn't care for the writing. I didn't care for a lot of the other things. I do like Seven of Nine. So I liked uh, the her, her appearance of that. Some of the use of the Borg in that one was uh, pretty interesting. Um, some of the other new characters uh, were were pretty fun as well. Uh, Michelle Hurd's character. Um, ah, damn it escape me but uh her name but um thank you thank you i like her as well um but so the characters were cool i didn't really care about the i can't even tell you what the plot is right now because i just don't recall it um (laughs) and 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 i was really not happy with the way things were in that universe like how much time had passed and what had happened all of our other characters that we knew were broken um, and yeah. I, I didn't care for that. Um, so, uh, season two came along and it was much the same, really. Um, I enjoyed, um, the act, the acting performances, Patrick Stewart, again, Jerry Ryan, Michelle Erd, um, Alison Pill, uh, they were all great. Um, mm-hmm. but the story made no sense. And I, I still left my head. I mean, at the end of it, I was I, I scratched my head. Like, I don't know what I just saw. Um, so, uh, um,
3: I don't think they did because they basically retcon the entire thing in season
2: three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, everything that season two did, like Picard, is just erased. So, yes. um, it's like they, it's like the people who wrote this season have never seen
4: a season of Picard before. Which is fine. Which is funny is that a lot of them were writers for season two. Yeah. It's a lot of the same writers and producers.
2: I, you know what? I Look, um, as far as True. season three goes, it's, it's more of the same for me, but it's just multiplied. Like, I like all the characters. I like all the actors. Getting everybody get back together. Getting, you know, seeing the Enterprise D again, which is never my favorite, but still... I mean, it, you know, it's a in wrestling terms it's a quick, it's an easy pop, right? Like it's a quick pop. All you have to do is like show me it and I'm like woo, like all you have to do is show me the original Enterprise and I'm like excited. But as far as like, you know, the plot and the story, I mean, it seems like whereas in the other two seasons that they were just throwing any things against the wall and see what sticks, in this season it seemed like they just took like a bunch of elements from all sorts of Star Trek stories and just threw them against the wall. And and they didn't really make a lot of sense and they weren't connected very well. And it was really painful to 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 watch that. But again, you know, when I see Riker and Picard and not just Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Stewart on screen, but Riker and Picard, like hanging out and talk and, and having yeah. to together. Riker and Worf, which is one of my favorite combinations, which <laughs> I don't think was yes. ever really used to its potential in the series and you know going forward i i you know where this goes let me just say this my one hope when season when i found out they were going to do a final season of picard my one hope was like i hope no matter what happens with picard that by the end we are introduced to a new crew of a new enterprise and we can take this franchise forward Mm -hmm. and i will tell you that it wasn't until the last 10 minutes that I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but the last 10 minutes, they made that happen. And I'm very excited for whatever comes next. If they, if they do, you know, give the green light to a new enterprise series Uh captain by uh seven, that would be, I like all the new people that they introduced. They don't think they got enough time to shine. How do you, how can they, when they've got all these other actors and characters to deal with throughout the course of the season, but, um, I'm really happy that they passed the torch. Maybe Mm -hmm. it wasn't a direct passage. Maybe it wasn't like, maybe they stumbled and fell like while they were trying to pass the torch, but they passed it. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's my overall thoughts. Um, uh, Veronica, we'll start with you. What is something about, This season, because we don't have time to go like episode by episode or anything, but what's a (laughs) particular scene or a plot line or something that about this season that you really enjoyed?
3: Um, I really enjoyed Worf and you were talking about uh, Worf and Riker. And when they were palling around on the Borg ship, that was a lot of fun. And I've seen them at Dragon Con together and I can just like picture the two of them just like, not even bothering with what the writer said and just like being their characters and just <laughs> improving an entire scene.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um uh particularly when, you know, when Riker tries to pick up the batlet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is a guy who served on board a Klingon ship for a while. Like, you know, right? so uh so he's not like but you know, apparently he's gotten a little weaker in his old age. Or maybe mm-hmm. the batlet's just gotten heavier. Who knows? But uh but no, I, I, I've i always liked that uh, camaraderie. And I felt like they never really like you never in during the course of the season, you got very, very few episodes with the two of them really like doing something together. Yeah. And I thought that was a that was a mistake Um, that that that, that never happened. But through the course of the movies and in this, you see they still got that chemistry.
4: Chuck, what about you? I'm going to go Worf as well, but I'm going to go Worf and Raffi. Yeah, I thought nice that was a pairing that worked so well. And I, I actually thought Worf worked better in the early half of the season than he did later on when he teamed up with the TNG crew. As soon as he yeah. met up with them, they seemed like they leaned more into the Star Trek Insurrection goofy humor, Worf, yeah. more corny humor. Whereas I thought I thought when, when he paired up with Raffi and sort of took her under his wing, he's like the old samurai. And Raffi's a character I didn't feel like worked particularly well in the first two seasons. It, even though Michelle Hurd is a fantastic actress, they just couldn't figure that character out, and they didn't reboot her this year. She's still very much the character she's been, but just pairing her with Worf worked so well. And I just I would I would watch a whole show of just those two on adventures together.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that as soon as Worf teams up with the rest of the Enterprise crew, the Enterprise D crew. Like Raffi disappears. Like in the last two right. or three episodes, oh, I don't yeah. think she does anything. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like it was like that last shot of her. Like you know, as the number one on on the bridge of the new Enterprise, I was like, "Oh, there she is!" <laughs> I <I'd laughs> forgotten she was on this show.
5: <laughs> uh, Keith, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think two. I think two. Well, I think three of the three of the women really impressed me. Even though she was a little rambo or little ripley i love beverly crusher being so Mm -hmm. (laughs) central. a lot of things have
1: changed in the last 20 years yeah no (laughs) kidding like
5: like like like, like coley standing over an alien and zap and blasting it a couple more times that was i've never seen mccoy do something like that that was a little shocking um but i love that gates mcfadden finally got her due because she's she's always been one of my favorite characters and she never got a lot of really good centric shows but if you think about it she's known for a couple of things from the original series she's known for saying uh if there's nothing wrong with me there must be something wrong with the universe which is actually kind of a philosophical line and then she's known for sex with the candle creature <laughs> <laughs> um, that is true yeah so i love seeing her and i love seeing her have so much screen time especially in the first half with her and um stewart and frakes and then the other was seven to nine And I've said many times on our show that I always liked Seven and Nine, but I still felt and feel that she sucked a lot of the air out of Voyager because when she came on, so much of that show focused on Jerry Ryan. Nothing personal against her. Um, The whole cat suit and the sexuality thing was always a little bit too much in your face. But I cannot deny she's a good actress. She's a really good actress. And I think for the first time, though, they found the right balance of her. I liked her story. Hers is one of the few stories I liked throughout the Picard seasons where she was the ranger couldn't find herself now kind of found herself as Chuck was saying you got to overlook some things like she was like a ranger yesterday and then she's in Starfleet the next day basically and (laughs) you know it is what it is but
2: it's who you know we found that out we find that out
5: through the whole series it's who you know good point I thought she did
2: a good she
1: was on the quick on the quick track just like uh Picard's son
5: So I I think they finally got it right. And I love Jerry Ryan as a very serious and even action-oriented actor. I think that was great. And then finally for me, Rafi. Um, I've said many times on these shows that as a Black man in my 50s, I'm very sensitive to portrayals of Black people, perhaps the way some people younger are not. Rafi, the very first time she was introduced for me personally and for my wife, who I didn't talk to and who felt the same way. Rafi, I felt was a little offensive as a black person because she was introduced as somebody using drugs, swigging from a bottle, living in a trailer in the desert in the 24th century or 25th century. I didn't like her. I didn't like her portrayal. It's a very kind of stereotype portrayal for all that I love Michelle Heard. And then she was cursing and all this stuff. She came off as a stereotypical streetwise, angry black woman. It's a thing this season, as Chuck was saying. It's still the same Rafi, but they gave her a purpose. She's not lost anymore. Now she's in Starfleet Intelligence. And what's cool is she's still struggling with drugs, but it's not the same as she was last season. Um, she's stronger. I love seeing her fight with Worf. I love seeing them spar together. And there's nothing wrong with a person who's trouble and who has all these Temptations and weaknesses, but this season they made her a stronger character to me on the outside as well. Mm-hmm. And so I loved Rafi's arc and now I really like Michelle Heard in the role much better than I did the first the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Even mm-hmm. more of a pity that she disappears in the, in the last two <laughs> Yes. <It's laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's hard to juggle that many characters. Yeah. I get it. Yep. But uh yeah, you know, so hopefully she'll get a chance to shine. Uh, going forward, but, uh, even more so, but Mike, what about you? What's, uh, what's a component of the show that you liked this season?
1: I loved the chemistry. I loved the chemistry, the chemistry between the characters, the history between the characters. And even when you got a new character in like Captain Shaw and such, you know, he fit in. He was the thorn in everyone's side most of, for the, at the beginning of the season. He was by the books. He was, but he fit, and that's mm-hmm. the one thing I loved. And I loved, you know, it was it was a big reunion, and it was great. Everyone coming up, and it, I loved they didn't make. Half the the crew, the bad guys, you know, from the old series, coming all after Picard and stuff. I'm glad everyone was always on Picard's side and that they were willing to stick with him, to trust him. That was going, what was going on? Jordy needed a little convincing, but <laughs> he he got yeah. there and yes. everything. And I just it it felt like you know when you drink a really good scotch or a really good cup of coffee, it's like, aha, this is something that I remember from when I was younger. And this is what I got from it. You know, the the banter between Riker and Picard. Awesome. I loved when, you know, Worf was, you know, revealed to be Rafi's handler. That was awesome. You know, especially the way they did it when you saw the Banta through the chest. And it was just like, oh, that was just like, <laughs> that was yes. just frippin' cool yes. as hell. And it was just like, I kept, I, I had so many fist pumps in this series, you know, <laughs> of the season. And even when they brought the frippin' spaceship back, it was awesome. Mm. When you got the D back, it was just frippin' amazing. And... That's what I loved about it. It was a feel good season. You got data back, you got lore back you got and I loved how they combined the two. It was really well done, and there's just so many layers to talk about with this. I mm-hmm. can't wait to jump in even further.
5: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that.
2: I have this when I watch things like we've just talked about the Mandalorian uh this week, and now we're talking about Picard and with these franchises as well as many others franchises that are around now uh mm-hmm. i've got a like a franchise continuity like alarm that goes off mm-hmm. in my head as i'm watching something and you know if something doesn't sort of ring true my alarm goes off and there's a lot of times where uh i'm watching something and the alarm is just going off like crazy and i can't enjoy what i'm watching So I've been trying really hard been trying to just disconnect that alarm and just Mm -hmm. enjoy things for what they are, Um, which is is kind of cool on the one hand, because I get to enjoy stories a little bit more. On the other hand, it's like, well, you know that they just threw all that continuity out the window. Like, for example. I really had a hard time getting past the, like, getting past the point where I was like, I can't imagine Beverly, like, just getting pregnant and leaving, like, and not telling anybody. Like, I just couldn't. I yes. couldn't imagine. That was not a character trait that I thought she had. No. It didn't seem like it was something she would do. Um, and, and but I had to throw that out because, you know what, if you don't buy that, then you don't buy Jack and you don't buy anything else in this plot or this show, right? So yeah, I agree with that. Um so I, I threw that out. And <laughs> by throwing that out, I really, really liked Jack. Um mm-hmm. as far as new characters goes, Jack was really interesting. Uh he's played really well by Ed Spielers, um, who I'd seen in a couple other things, but I think he really shines here. Um and it's not easy to create a character that I think that like just holds my interest as far as Star Trek goes, that I want to see continue. Lord knows they, you know, this this series Picard as a whole has had a difficult time doing that with me. There's been a as we've talked about there's some other characters they've introduced that I just couldn't care mm. less about. But I thought they did a really good job with uh with Jack and and you know having that sort of the the plot line even though we've seen it before, the plot line of like, you know, you're not quite done with the Borg even when you're done with the Borg um that goes for because
4: yeah. of franchise you're never done with the Borg. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah.
2: you know even though season two ended like we're done with the Borg, <laughs> and then you know all throughout this it's like oh man it really feels like it's going to be the Borg. no yeah. they wouldn't do that no it really feels like it's going to be the Borg. no they wouldn't do that <laughs> and beverly opens the door and sees the cube and i'm like yeah there we are <laughs> there we are um uh, but I, I appreciated the new that Jack is a new character. I liked a lot of the new characters they introduced. Like I said, I liked the new characters that they introduced on the on the Titan. I didn't like Shaw as a character. I thought he was a retread, and I thought he was a, I thought he was la- that, that was a lazy character. Like you know, he's not by the book. He's just a guy who's a bigot against people who have been bored before. Like it's just it was and and I'm like and I'm like you know I'm just tired of seeing characters in star trek especially part of starfleet in the federation be bigots i know that's happened throughout star trek's history but it's just like i just like and you know he tells the side story of him at wolf 359 which we've heard from other characters before so it's like it just seemed like it was a retread and you know when when, by the time they killed him off i didn't care i didn't Hmm. care about him you know (laughs) he was just in the way of of seven getting the chair (laughs) so I was
1: like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> Mike.
2: So, so anyway, uh. uh, but um, but I like I like Jack and I'm glad he's here to stay. Um, so let me ask you this, uh, Chuck, we'll start with you. Were there any new characters in this that you uh appreciated?
4: I really like, Captain Shaw? Shaw. I'm sorry. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. I, I did like Captain Shaw. Okay, so uh, did I. I thought, they, they set him up really nicely as sort of an antagonist for our heroes in the first half of the season but not with that sort of stereotypical star trek thing where the antagonist captain or admiral or commodore is a moron you know he's he's right a lot of the time when they're like hey wouldn't it be cool to go to the edge of the federation space and he's like no because i take orders from <laughs> actual officers and not from you you know um and you know He's like, no, we're we're not going to fight this big, massive ship. We're going to get out of here because we're an exploratory craft, and we're going to go report on what's going on, like, all the whole way through, and he's making the right choices. Like, these guys broke the law. I'm going to go turn them in, you know, and he wants to get back on his happy little merry way, and I loved his speech. I loved his Shaw moment, his Robert Shaw moment from Jaws where he got to <laughs> – you know, he got to be Clint for a minute and tell the story of the Borg. And it wasn't that surprising when the, when the shark ate him at the end. But, you know, I thought that he was really well performed and really well, really well written. You know, I don't have anything against the actor. I don't have yeah. anything against the
2: actor. I just felt like, uh, yeah. Um, and I'm glad he worked for you. I, I mm-hmm. will say that, like, especially at the end, you know, when the Tuvok played that little clip of him, his uh, um, sort of... Uh, Report on Seven's activities and whether she should be promoted or not, or whatever, didn't sound like that guy at all. Like, I was just no. like, This is not, I don't like this. Just, I, this, you're just putting this in here because it, you want to put this in here. You're not building right. anything out of that. So, um, well feel-good ending yeah Yeah. i mean they kind of wanted that and you know i kind of was just waiting for that time where he was gonna finally call her seven you know like just come on like it's just it it just didn't really work for me i just felt it was played out but i'm glad like i said no i'm glad it worked for you because it is a good he is a good actor he is a good actor uh any other uh new characters veronica any new characters for you that that you liked
3: um, there was a couple of bridge crew from the Titan that, <laughs> that that I don't think we even ever had names for, but I'd really like to see more of them, um, specifically the alien that had the kind of like the green tinged things mm-hmm. on her head. I, I'd really like to see more of her um, because she seemed very interesting and she, I don't think she had a name and she had very she, few lines.
4: She did have a name. And because I often I'll listen to the episodes with the audio description, Mm. my phone in the other seat while I'm driving at work and things like that. Um, But they always refer to that character by they and them rather than her and she. Just as an FYI.
3: That's interesting. So I would like to see them more um, (laughs) in in the new series, Fingers Crossed, which they should absolutely do.
2: I uh, I really uh, enjoyed the science officer. I like that actress. I've seen her in other things, and I liked her a lot. And then they killed her off, and I'm like, oh man, dude,
5: same <laughs> here. I really thought she yeah. was cool. Then they like blasted her. <laughs> I was
2: like, oh man. Uh, Keith, was there any new shoot, new characters that stood out for you?
1: For
5: the new characters, I I have to say I like um, I like both of Jordy's daughters.
1: Hmm. Oh, they uh, were great. Loved, yeah,
5: they and great. I love the. The dynamic because and i don't remember is it Aliyah, his daughter who's the pilot
4: yeah
5: um the crash crash that's, with
4: that's sydney sydney, that's sydney.
5: Okay. yeah she has she had a she had a really kind of bright youthful enthusiasm about her mm-hmm. and then his other daughter who's played by his real life daughter is a little more serious mm-hmm. and I, I thought that was very interesting because his um she who was also an engineer she was almost acting like his personal attache or something weird like that <laughs> and, and so I love the dynamic between them. One of them seemed a little more serious and a little more of the peacemaker. The other one was a little more rebellious and enthusiastic. The one like, you know, I love the scene where Riker kept saying, wait, 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 wait. Hey, they call you Crash LaForge. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, you crashed the shuttle. So I thought his daughters <laughs> no, were really good.
3: No, I don't and
1: know. I, I don't know
2: what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know like he
5: thought, ever crashed anything. <laughs>
1: yeah. No no, and no ships ever
5: crashed it. when Riker was in charge. No
1: kidding. No. Just ask the, the the D. That's all I have to say.
5: (laughs) Yeah. And I love the fact that Having Daughters gave um, um, LeVar Burton a couple of really powerful, dramatic moments. Like you were talking about he was hesitant. His whole thing was, this is my family. These are my girls. And there's that one scene where he was almost about to lose it and say, I have to go out to my girls and, and data. Of all people, have to say, Jordy, you know, we don't have a plan. Calm down. We'll do this. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really great. The only thing I didn't like was that I felt that the whole thing where he and his daughter were strange literally made no sense. That felt like a forced father, Mm -hmm. you know, parent-child have to have some kind of weird relationship so they can make up. But I love them as new characters.
2: Yeah, yeah. I must admit my my alarm went off as far as Jordy was going cuz I'm like, do I really see Jordy as like a just a museum guy? Like <laughs> reti- like that's how he's going to spend but introducing the girls and especially the way he played his relationship with them and how important they were, I was like, well this yeah. makes to- total sense why he's not mm-hmm out on on a ship and, and doing other stuff. It's like he's he, his girls are everything to him.
4: Right. And uh,
5: also he's evidently been rebuilding a galaxy galaxy class starship by himself <laughs> in the last 20 that, years. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that takes some time. <laughs>
2: if only
1: he had to do it by hand. That would have been really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have robots you? to help him. New characters uh, for you, Mike? Well, like we've mentioned, I did like Shaw. I thought he I thought he was a great foil. I thought he was a great foil to both Picard and to Riker. And he called them on their BS multiple yeah. times. And I liked that about it. And he wasn't stupid. Like in, you know, all the old Star Trek movies. Oh, you know, Captain Kirk stealing the Enterprise. Let's send the Excelsior after them. And, you know, the captain there, like, being all overstuffed and everything. And then the Enterprise breaks, the Excelsior breaks down or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> ooh, what happened? You know. You didn't get that with Shaw. You, Shaw was, you know, pretty much the whole time was calling, the, you know, basically calling him on what each thing was. And he was right. He was going, you know, by the books. And what by Starfleet rules should have been done. The other character I really liked was Vatic. I thought she was awesome. I liked her. Amanda Plummer was awesome. Oh, Here comes some discussion. She ate, <laughs> she ate every scene and that she was in. That is correct. She, she, she is a scene eater. And, you know... I love Amanda Plummer from all the way back. And so I married an ax murderer mm-hmm. and I also loved her in Pulp Fiction and I loved her, you know, in so many other roles mm-hmm. as a, as the, the bad guy in this, you know, she was a true evil bad guy that you never really saw in Star Trek before. You didn't get stuff, you know, you know, where she, you know, you a figure at first, She's just a bounty hunter out trying to capture Jack and everything, and then there's more to it that she's working for some mysterious figure who, yeah, she has to cut her hand to, you know, see get messages. I was like, what, and everything, and <laughs> the whole thing with the changelings, I I think that was a little weak
4: yes. and everything.
1: I was not thrilled with that part of the story. Right. Uh, you know, that was overdone in DS nine. And it's like, I wanted to see that done with, I didn't think they needed to bring that back. And it could have equally been as good of a story without it. And I could never see the changelings working with the Borg, So Mm. it was just like, no, but there was just something about her character. She, for me, she was a true mustache twirler. And I liked that. I liked, she reminded me some ways of someone who's just BS crazy and didn't have, you know, anything to lose. And she threw everything at it. And I love the scenes where, you know, Riker, th- you know, threw the asteroid at her ship and everything, mm-hmm. which was, that was so cool. frippin' awesome. That was, that was, that was cool. just, <laughs> and that was frippin' amazing. But also she had a portal gun, which was totally mm-hmm. cool. And it's like, from someone who's loved playing portal on the computer, that <laughs> was just so frippin' awesome. Huh. And everything. So, you know, there was just things I liked about it, but you know, and then she had the best line line when she, you know, got beamed out into space, her last line, effing solids. You know, <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, that, that was a great line. And, that was great. And then line. she shatters into pieces. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not as convinced and uh, as Vedic as a character. I'm not as fan, much as as fan as you are. I like Amanda Plummer, all right. And I think she had a lot of fun doing this. But um, her role is uh, just, yeah, not, didn't really end up being anything. You could have done this show. You could have done this series without her. Um, yep. And the, the portal gun as well. I mean, you think that's going to be a big thing. But I mean, it's never really it's used in a couple of episodes and then it's gone. It's not mm-hmm. really anything that they need. So um, and I think they were looking for a con wannabe. And that's what she was uh, to me. Like that's they were looking for someone like that. Someone who went over the top uh, going after them, uh, chewing scenery. And um, I, I, I couldn't understand what she was, even when they explained her character. And her her reasons, I just I don't know. It just uh, didn't make didn't ring true to me. Unfortunately, she's the only real bad guy we get. I mean, we get the board queen, of course, but I mean, we've seen the board queen several times. Uh, it's just a matter of whose voice is it this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I love
1: that they use the voice from the you know first contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of
2: nice. Uh, Alice is too old to get in the suit, but she can do the voice. Uh, You know, um, so, yeah, um, Batek and the Changelings, yeah. I mean, yeah, them and the Borg are just two groups that I would not expect to work together, and I don't think they did a good job in explaining why they were.
5: One of the things that we had talked about, Mike, too, was a little confusing, was this seemed like a subgroup of the Changelings that they had been captured. Yeah, they mentioned that a few times.
1: They were a couple times.
5: so, So my somewhat... I don't know if it would say fr- frustration but my definite curiosity is where's the great link mm. um, i guess they're not linked with the great link because the great link assuming they're still good would have probably tried to stop them yeah
4: um
5: but we didn't get that so we got that subset so i really wonder because you know in, in universe odo is still alive and still in in the great link mm-hmm. and the great lake had sworn to in hostility so I was, I would have, if you're going to use the chain links, I really feel that not, not having a great link is part of this. The bulk of the change. I think that was a huge mistake because I literally want to know what they're doing now. Because you're gonna yeah. see if you're gonna bring in changes like where are the rest of them? What are they doing? What are they saying? How do well, they deal with? About-
2: yeah, then you start opening the door to D Space Nine, and it's like, okay, is this mm-hmm. an is this a Star Trek Next Generation
5: reunion, or
2: is this a D Space Nine <laughs> reunion, or is yeah, it a right. reunion? Like, what is this? Like <laughs> all of the above. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Oh let's throw some let's throw some sound effects in from the original series too. That'll be cool. Um I'm like, really? Ships sound like this now? Like that
1: doesn't
2: make any sense to me. Uh but you know but when you hear the but again when you hear those sounds, you're like, ah. Oh. like that's so nice. I like hearing the that's the way a bridge should sound, you know? Mm-hmm. Um all right, so um, you know, I was gonna ask about the plot, about the the the, the, the big, you know. Thing that they're going up against the big uh, villain plot plan to uh, once again take over the planet and the Federation and all that. Um, oh boy, holes. Yeah, I, I will say this in its defense.
1: It's a, just there's plot Borg, holes big enough that you could fly a spaceship through.
2: Just yeah, it's like a big. That's what the portal gun was for. The, the big the <laughs> cover all the plot holes. Um, they, uh, I did like the idea of the Borg trying to infiltrate Starfleet, not directly with like a cube just in their face, but going through in a subversive manner and especially changing the transporters so that they were uh, putting some code in there. Similarly that the code that was left with Picard and should have been seven too, but we didn't get to see that. I mean, that didn't play out that way, but um, I, I like that idea. I don't think it was played out well, but I like the idea.
5: Yeah, because they said something that literally made no sense. They literally said that if you were older than a certain age, yes. and they did this because they older than twenty
1: five, basically. Yeah,
5: they they couldn't re-engineer your hippocampus, and that literally makes no sense. Yeah. Given what they're doing, if you can do any of that with a transporter, literally you know, re uh, reconfiguring somebody's brain, the age wouldn't matter. So that's another one of those that you just had to go okay, because we we talked about it on our show, which was. Look, they wanted this to be the old people still have a purpose and they're gonna have to kick some butt. And the young people have to go, wow, they're still useful. So they they kind of (laughs) clunkily came up with a way to make the old people the only ones who could who could really continue to function. So that was a little bit of a hole. And I think Chuck had mentioned in our show before anybody else could say it was when you transport, they pretty much just kind of keep like common genetic codes in the buffer. Like it's like it's like if I go through. And then Chuck goes through the, like, oh, well, Keith and Chuck have the same DNA here. So we're not going to copy that part of Chuck's DNA. Every <laughs> human has that. That's real scary. <laughs> Although we do that. In, we do that in IT all the time, Mike. We were talking about that. That's what compression and backup technology is. Of you course. Know, but I wouldn't want anybody doing it with my, my uh, DNA. So.
4: <laughs> just, just copy mine down as it is. Huh? Even if it's the same. <laughs> you know, look,
2: I mean. Like, as far as I'm concerned, everything ever since Star Trek started, the transporter has just been magic. Like, it's just a reason, (laughs) though, to save on effects of getting a ship down there and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I, whatever explanation they want to give me for transporter stuff, I, I'm like, it's fine. It's all magic. It's all make. (laughs) (laughs) There's no such thing as a Heisenberg principle. It's like, it's not, it's not something that can be resolved ever. So, you know. Uh, at least it's not like the Prestige. Oh, spoiler for the Prestige. At least it's not like the Prestige where <laughs> you, like, you transport and it creates another p- version of
4: you and then you have to kill the other version of you. <laughs> that happened in Spock Must Die. <laughs> yes, it did. It, it did,
2: exactly. Uh, wasn't there a Voyager? No, the Voyager one they combined, right? And they, yes, so they combined that was like two the
5: two yeah. Yes. X. we're still debating that one. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> not today, though.
4: No.
2: Yeah. Um... So not only were the um uh changelings and the uh, a a certain sect of changelings right. and uh a certain sect of borg uh were working together um but they apparently had hired a bounty hunter to locate uh Picard's son um and also on the other hand uh, and, and at the same time to actually get his body retrieved his actual body from uh the Institute um
1: but that could be a whole episode in itself what was found in the daystrom institute
2: Sure, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of easter eggs in there sure yeah um yeah That's that's all fan service there mm-hmm. like every everything <laughs> you look at is from moriarty to everything um you can yeah. have Cook's would... body in
1: there
5: it was like, yeah what I would, I would like to formally request that we quit having Tribble appearances, though. That's, that's, <laughs> it's a little, now, it's, now you had a killer Tribble. It's getting a little. <laughs> wow, well, that's mm-hmm. the next. Who knew board, they
2: had so know? many mouths? You know? The next, the next yeah. Borg union is going to be with the Tribbles. So <laughs> that's how they're going to infiltrate. We're going to have Borg Tribbles.
4: Uh,
3: we have
2: one.
4: I do have a Borg triple around here somewhere.
2: <laughs> yes, I, bo- I bought it at a convention. Awesome, you're ahead of the. I game.
1: am so not surprised.
2: I can't wait to they, I can't, I can't they appear on Strange New Worlds. Um, the uh, <laughs> what uh, is there anything else about the the sort of the the plot to 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 take over the Federation that you either liked or didn't like? I mean, what about the taking over of all the Starfleet ships, getting them all to one place?
4: Yeah, I thought that getting all the ships in one place was pretty dumb. Like, you wouldn't recall the entire Starfleet to have a parade. You know what I mean, right. you, you, you're talking about there's no ships that are on a long-range mission. There's no ships guarding the border. There's no ships delivering colonists somewhere. It just makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd have to assume when they say all ships, even though they say it like 12 times in this series, I just mean they mean a lot of ships.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and all the ships, ships that
4: were assigned. It was a lot of ships, but it's goofy. And Starfleet doesn't really have military parades. You know, that's like a Soviet Union thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't parade the Starfleet around for for the anniversary. Um, yeah, I thought that. Was, I thought that was dumb. And also, Starfleet surely would know better than to network all their ships together to be all controlled, because of course, this episode that's going to be hijacked by the bad guys right that well, they, even,
1: they even talked about it in season two you know when the borg were able to take over the ships mm-hmm. in yeah. episode one it was mm-hmm. just like it was it was just like but, ep- but
3: season two didn't happen so <laughs>
1: <Right>. yeah, <that's, laughs> uh, apparently apparently <laughs> yeah. not
4: everything that happened to season two to the borg and the queue is irrelevant yes <laughs> i mean but- really you can watch season one and three and not miss a thing
2: Nope. <laughs> like there's,
4: there, and there's Except you'd be fun- wondering
2: where Ramirez is, right?
4: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I mean, thing. yeah. But I mean, one thing I thought that it was really clever was tying in the whole genetic thing that the Borg changed about Picard from back in the Eremotic Syndrome on, and um, all good things to the fact that he could still hear the Borg Collective in First Contact, which mm-hmm. I, I said on our show that everyone should have been more concerned about than they were. Um, <laughs> but that something fundamental about him had been changed that Starfleet didn't pick up on and that he passed it on to his kid. I thought they tied that in nicely with the theme this season, which seemed to be about legacy and what you're passing on, you know, good and bad to the next generation. Um, so I thought they did a pretty a smart and clever way of tying that together and making that feel like it's always been a part of the story.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, yeah. I think what, what Chuck's earlier too was my thing. I cannot, I literally cannot get behind fleet formation. There's no, <laughs> no way... That an organization who, as we all are talking about, have been taken over by the Borg, who already have prefix codes, would create a device where you could link all these ships together, and it looks like the captains then don't have a choice of not linking with it that's insane, but then they undercut it by giving it a ridiculous weakness because it was basically Bluetooth it was line of sight, <laughs> and if you cloak I you about like. <laughs> But that makes no sense because if when you cloak, you can still hear radial signals and subspace signals, so that right. communication right. signal should still so that was just kind of goofy, like what it was it
1: was just like it was like
4: what no 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 no, <laughs> it's also yeah. unneeded because you're assimilating the crews you don't have to also have network ships like it's why well, they're like doubling down on the fact that is being controlled, and who's controlling the network ship are they assimilated, or surely a starbase one should be able to like deact like <laughs> deactivate all the ships make them go to a safe right. distance like someone should right. be running this thing I, I guess
5: all the people trying to deactivate with old people kept getting shot by the young people maybe I that's guess. what was going on
3: I guess. <laughs> they were the changelings the people who were yeah,
5: yeah.
1: r.i.p shelby
5: um
2: yeah i guess oh. the oh, okay also
1: so, r.i.p uh roe which uh. was awesome to see michelle forbes was just mm-hmm. awesome
2: i'm not a big yeah. fan of introducing past players just to have them killed yeah this is not a good show
4: for you then (laughs) no definitely not my. no
2: i know i know i'm not a big it's not just this show they it it happens a lot so uh so yeah you know you know i i I worried about roe um the minute i saw her i'm like oh man
5: it's nice that that she's here but i don't see this going anywhere well you know i was very depressed by that because i michelle forbes i absolutely adore her uh, As Laren. I, I adore her. I, do, I, I love her introductory episode. I love every episode she's ever in, except for the one where they turn into kids. Yeah. And uh, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> Rascals. Yes. I hate that they killed her off. And then, like we said, uh, it's so funny, Mike. We were talking because we were all hoping against hope. There was kinda of like and then online people were like, Hey, maybe Shelby's not not dead. And everybody's like, dude, she had two going holes in her the last time we saw her.
2: Yeah, right. I'm telling I'm you exactly. Not Days only Shelby best. dead, but that ship is gone, right? Because yeah. D-
1: yeah, that 'cause that was the Enterprise E. That was the Enterprise
2: F, F right? F. Yeah. And and that
1: uh, Oh, that's right. Worf destroyed E. Sorry. <laughs> that was not his fault. <laughs> yes. I uh, That was here. Funny.
2: I, I it just I love the Enterprise so much. I, and it's the flagship of the ship, uh, the fleet for me. And it should be mm-hmm. treated with respect, both on screen and off screen. And just to have it thrown out there to be destroyed, and we don't even see it be destroyed. Um, you know, when we see it, it should be a big thing. Like, this is the new Enterprise. Like, oh, my God, you should feel something, right? Mm. And then, therefore, when it's destroyed, you should feel something as well. But, you know, we're too busy, like, like, nostalgically, like, fawning over D to really give f any credit and it doesn't matter anyway because it doesn't make any like everything that they do here is just because they need to get from point a to point b and it regardless of how illogical it is for the characters to do it like like there's no reason for the titan ship to look like it like a constitution class no reason the titan ships look pretty good their design looks pretty good on their own um but the only reason is because, oh, later it's going to become an Enterprise G. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, and uh, and and all of that stuff, too. There was no reason for them to, like, you know, for Riker and Picard to get on a, to to get to commandeer a Federation ship. It's like, we need a <laughs> ship. We need to get there. We need a ship. I'm like, so they, they stole the Starfleet ship or whatever. They commandeered stuff. Like, you don't need to do that. I thought there was some plot, you know. In, in in but it never turned out so anyway i'm gonna i'm not gonna gripe anymore because I,
4: I, I said on our show it would be like a navy admiral who's retired boarding an aircraft carrier and saying set a course for japan and expecting yeah. them to go like he would be <laughs> institutionalized. Yeah. You know? yeah um all
2: right so uh yeah i'm not gonna gripe anymore because i Like you guys, I love the moments where the cast is together. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the highlight of this series. And anybody who loved or liked even a little bit, the next generation needs to watch this because they'll get something out of it because that seeing these actors play these parts, and this will probably be the last time we see them all together. Now I expect Mm -hmm. there's be times where we see them play these parts again at some various points, um going forward but this is going to be the last time they're all at the table in the ready room whatever together mm-hmm. right yeah. and well, i
1: love that they played poker at, in dynan's mm-hmm. bar at the end
2: yeah. yeah that was just awesome yeah because we've never seen a, a show end with them playing poker before <laughs> um like <laughs> I, dude i thought it
1: was a great send-off i thought it was a fantastic well
2: it was a great send-off, send-off and all good things that's the way all good things end. it was a great send-off then they didn't right. need to do it again <laughs> All right. I said I would stop going to stop growing. So,
1: anyway. wow, Mike, it's almost like you didn't like it. So.
2: I, I There was a lot that I didn't like, but I like the, the idea, the potential for the future. You know, we've all heard the rumors yeah. about this Star Trek legacy series that may be coming with Seven of Nine being the captain of the Enterprise, which is an amazing historical event uh, as far as uh, on screen and off uh it's first time an lgbt character has been the the captain of an enterprise Mm -hmm. um it's a big deal uh Mm -hmm. the fact that it's seven who's a character that we all like makes a lot of sense uh obviously she's got some of the crew from the titan with her she's got jack with her um how much are you guys looking forward to the future is is, is, if this is the future um are you guys on board i know yeah of course you are
4: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the future oh, yeah. they got going on with Star Trek, anyway, because they've yes. got some cool things coming up. But um, I would love to get this Star Trek Legacy. I, the thing that bugs me about it is it's just the sloppy planning aspect. Where like if if this was a show on Disney Plus, you could expect the Star Trek Legacy show to be on in six months' time. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. There'd be a plan. They'd be shooting already. They wouldn't just tease a show and they'd be like, "Let's hope we make it someday." You know, like, whereas that's, that's the indication here is that there's no current plans for this show to be on the air. They'd like to. There's a lot of people who'd like to and who've talked about it, but there's no green light. So it's getting everyone oh. riled up in the hopes that everyone will stay riled up and they'll be able to pr- convince Paramount to let them do it. Same but, thing
3: that they did with a Strange New World. Yeah,
4: but the, what, the downside of that, I think, is that when something like Starfleet Academy comes along there are only people who hold it against that show that it's not Star Trek legacy because <laughs> that, that's what they've got in their mind. that That's what's next. And that's what we want. And then boo, whatever this is, because it's something different. And mm-hmm. and I mean, and, and frankly, if, five years ago, if you'd have said, Hey, we should have a show with all the next gen's casts on the new enterprise. Uh, I mean, all their, all their, all their kids get together and they're all the crew of the new enterprise. And you'd be, that's the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> no, maybe LaForge and, and Picard and Crusher's kid can be in love. Like, that is a you are a moron. Go write a fanfic. And it's going to be captain captain by an ex board. Seven of Nine will (laughs) be captain. Like, we'll just get Molly O'Brien and Alexander Roshenko and Kestra Riker, and we'll just have Next Generation Junior.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And I'm
4: saying that, although I like all these characters and I like the ship and I think the actors are very charming. But I mean, there are people who think that this is like the only thing that can be Star Trek now. And I disagree (laughs) with that.
5: Yeah,
1: I agree with that too. No, nope, exactly. Yeah, I,
5: yeah, I'd like to see uh, the legacy, but as as Charles is saying. Every day when I'm online, online I see a tweet from Terry Mishapitalis. I see a tweet from Alex Kurtzman. I see tweets from Jerry Ryan. And they're all saying, we hear you. We love you. Thank you for saying this. Let's hope the powers that be are listening. Alex Kurtzman goes, it's definitely something we're thinking about. But that doesn't tell us anything. Because right. like as you were just saying, Charles, first off, there's budget. I mean, do they just have the money? For it? Yeah. You know?
4: And right now when streaming services are pulling back, and they've already got two star a new star trek show on the way, a current star trek series and then a couple of animated shows. Are they going to invest in a third one? Is is I mean is that financially viable? There's you know, people whose job it is to make that determination whether they like Star Trek or not.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. A, and a movie. Yeah, a Michelle Forbes movie. Not yeah. Michelle Forbes, but Michelle Yeoh. Right,
1: Michelle, Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh. Yeah. Well, but they you know, they said like the Michelle Yeoh movie is going to be the first part of what they're calling Phase 2 of Star mm-hmm. Trek. And so mm. You yeah, know, okay. so we don't even know what that means. Right. So
2: I don't know. If they have, I'm
1: not going to say no one to me. No. So it'll be very interesting to see it. But I would love to see a Star Trek legacy and I would love mm-hmm. to see them go forward with the cast. But the earliest you probably will see it is 2025, 2026. Right. And, yeah. you know, Great. and will people lose interest in it by that point, you know, no, too? I won't. So, why was uh, – Because there's the I, word Trek next to it, right? That's <laughs>
5: right.
4: <laughs>
1: I, I
5: had researched, but why was Discovery canceled? Is it money or did they just think they ran out of story? No,
4: I think that – I mean by the time you get to season five, six of a streaming show, are they bringing in new subscribers anymore? And most shows oh. aren't. That's why streaming shows don't tend to last as long mm-hmm. because nice you – when it's new, it's bringing in new subscribers, and then after a while, the people who are subscribed for Star Trek Discovery are also going to watch Strange New Worlds. They're also going to watch Starfleet Academy. So you want to mm-hmm. get a new show out there and stop investing money in this other show. That's what I think, but that's me, you know, playing armchair quarterback. You know, um, oh, okay. But I that mean, Star- Discovery has been very successful for them, though. They've got. A spin off yeah. in the works. Actually, two spin-offs. One's on the air now, Strange New Worlds. You've got um, s Academy looks like it's going to be a Discovery spin-off and a spin-off movie um, yeah. coming to Paramount Plus. So they're, uh, they're I think they're pleased with what it's done, but it's sort of reached that point in its life. Thankfully mm. it's not Netflix, or so you'd have got two seasons of it instead of five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
5: I'm still stuck in the in the um, TNG dash DS9 dash Voyager mode, where they had seven seasons, but as you say, Chuck, those was on broadcast television mm-hmm. and UPN and so forth. So it's a little different,
1: mm-hmm. right? It's different. It's a different world now, literally. Yeah, and yeah. you've got to start thinking differently. And we're lucky mm-hmm. to get, like you said, five seasons of right. a yeah. Trek show
4: right now. So do I well, think I, it's and good five to... seasons on streaming is a good run?
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, oh God, yeah. God! Yes, very
1: Absolutely. much.
2: Absolutely. I mean, five seasons, well, even on network TV now, these days, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: or then they could be like the Arrowverse and keep going and overstaying (laughs) their welcome way too long. (laughs) Right.
2: So, it's true. A lot of shows do. A lot of shows do. Um, Well, cool. Well, uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to rain on anybody's parade. Not at all. That's season cool. Season That's all quicker. about we always no, need so, one
1: of thunders to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and
1: you're the uh, one tonight. I
2: I you know, there was a lot of good things. Um I just wish, you know I mean, I love the next generation crew so much I just wish they deserve better, I'd say. Mm. Uh, they deserve better. But I do look forward to things in the future, so Mm-hmm. Um, and in the future when we talk about it too uh, we got Strange New Worlds coming up in June and I'm sure mm-hmm. after that run of that series you guys are going to join us and we can talk all about that so that should be fun as well we'd love yes. to oh, yeah, absolutely look forward to that. So, well cool well, well we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back to close out the show
0: Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the third season of The Mandalorian. The third season of The Mandalorian is done. I've heard so many mixed feelings from others on this season and all the theories and thoughts, which I do love hearing when other fans have theories about what they think is going to happen for the rest of the show or for different episodes. But in my opinion, for season three, I really enjoyed it. I loved how Bo-Katan was a main character this season along with Din and Grogu. We got to see way more of her and see a good place for her story to end at the end of the season. As well as all the displaced Mandalorians and getting to kind of have a homecoming for all of them. We got to see some backstory on Grogu while still having some mystery there as well. We saw an entire fandom embrace an older Star Wars actor that got a lot of hate during the prequel films. And that made me so happy to see people show so much love for Ahmed Best. Like, he deserves it. I also screamed when I saw Zeb in a short cameo. As a huge Rebels fan, I have been so happy with getting them in live action. And I was so excited to see him, albeit a very short cameo. I'm also really pumped for Ahsoka because more live action Rebels characters. I liked the ending. We rarely get happy endings in Star Wars live action, and the chill, happy-like ending to this season, with Din and Grogu just being a family, chilling out, made me really happy. Since they've been so through so much over the last three seasons, they deserve some time to just be. I am pumped for season four, since it is rumored that it will take place of Rangers of the Republic, the series that was canceled, having Din take on jobs in the Outer Rim for the New Republic. So I'm excited to see how this will merge into other Star Wars properties later on. Thanks for listening to a Geek Girls Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out.
5: If you were a monster kid growing up, if you enjoyed Saturday mornings watching monster movie matinee, or staying up all night watching the midnight feature, then Monster Attack is the podcast for you. We not only look at classic old monster movies, we share our experience growing up as a monster kid join us every monday for monster attack
1: so that's gonna wrap up another episode of the Earth station one podcast i want to thank everyone for joining us tonight keith thank you so much my friend
5: Enjoyed it, and I'm so happy to like a season of Picard, finally.
1: <laughs> hey, there we go. Anything you want to shout out about or promote?
5: Um, This is not Star Trek related at all, but I have been, I have gotten back into a series on Netflix called The Dragon Prince. It is from the people who did the original Avatar, The Last Airbender. Cool. Watch it. It is magical. It is phenomenal. Uh, watch it. It's like a little bit more mature version of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I have been enjoying every single episode. So, if you got time on, amongst all the ten thousand other shows on streaming, check it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome! And Chuck and Veronica, thank you guys so so much. No, thank yes.
3: you for having us. Always.
4: What do you guys have to promote? Uh, felt nerdy as always, and always I mean, for the first time since before the pandemic, we're getting back into doing conventions. Post-pandemic, we've nice. just been sticking to DragonCon, but uh, this year we're doing Frolicon, Metrothum, FrankenCon, and DragonCon. So we're, we're we're getting back out into the convention oh. scene a little bit, finally. Um, so that should be fun. So if you like nerdy puppet shows, uh, look at feltnerdy.com, which will redirect you to our Facebook page. <laughs> and uh, check out what we're doing, because we're, we're going to be making some appearances. And also, listen to Earth Station Trek. Join us on Thursdays, live at 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can chat with us about star trek yes mm-hmm. strange so, the worlds? world
2: starts up in june is there anything mm-hmm. between now and then that you guys are focused on covering between now and then
4: we're gonna be doing a big show um well i say this thursday but i don't know what day this is coming out um talking yeah. about the the promos and what's coming up on star trek essentially with the section 31 and starfield academy and things like that there's a lot going on that we haven't had time to talk to talk about because we've been talking about the card um but, and then we've got some, some fun shows coming up. Where we're going to be talking about uh, sort of comparing Star Trek with relevant episodes of other science fiction shows and things like that. So we're going to be playing around with the format a little bit and having some fun in our, our off season before the new Star Trek <laughs> show starts so and we're all strange new worlds for a while.
5: Right. So, of course, that would bring in your Babylon 5s, your The Expanse's, and, and things like that. Um, could be we, Lost in talk- Space. Could be Forbidden Planet. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, who yeah knows? but there's, there's there's some Gene Roddenberry projects like was it Genesis Two or Earth Two? Yeah, Equest- yeah. Equester tapes, things like that that we're looking at. Even
1: <laughs> nice. That is awesome. That is awesome. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another episode, sir. We did,
2: and as always, it's my pleasure, even when I'm being crabby. That's okay. <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's past your bedtime. I understand. <laughs> Anything you want to shout out about, sir?
2: Uh yeah one thing I'm not uh crabby about is a uh project that's on Kickstarter and it's almost over so when people listen to this if they listen to it in the first few days it comes out uh you can still join in uh Steven Frank who is an animator uh he does uh, artists, uh he's a he's an artist for, out in Hollywood uh, does um storyboards and all that kind of stuff he did a, a series called uh, Silver about a vampire that was really really cool Um, But he's got a new series now. It's a neo-noir graphic novel set in Los Angeles around uh, in the country club music kind of thing. But it's the first volume's already been out. It's called Palomino. And right now there's a Kickstarter for volumes two and three. Uh, Check those out. If you're into neo-noir, if you're into great comics, if you're into art, if you're into L.A.'s country music club scene if you're into any of that stuff check it out because uh it's a cool project and uh it looks like uh he's made his goal so it is going to happen so if you want to get these books right away uh you have to sign up uh, before the kickstarter ends
1: that is awesome that is really really awesome i love when people can support you know new projects like that and kickstarter is such a great spot for it folks it is pretty darn awesome when you can get that kind of stuff. Uh, we got actually a piece of mail that I'm going to read real quick as my shout-out. We actually got some feedback to the Quantum Leap episode we did last week, and we actually had a ton of fun with the three mics on it, and it was... Not me. I and, wasn't one of the mics. Nope, you were not, <laughs> sadly enough. It would have been four I, I mics the a mic the that world. was dropped. The, the mic that was there... We're great. But if Mike Gordon joined us, the world would have just exploded right there on the spot. (laughs) Four (laughs) mics in one (laughs) place. Exactly. So um, we got an email from Kelly. Kelly wrote, hi, I just listened to your podcast episode about Quantum Leap. I'm also a big fan of Quantum Leap, and I love hearing your thoughts about it. I especially like the conversation about your favorite episodes because I had a lot of the same favorites. Judgment Day, Ben Interrupted. Leap, die, repeat, and SOS were my personal favorites. I love the time loop aspect of leap, die, repeat, and Addison's scream when Ben dies the first time is also a moment that stands out for me. You could really feel her pain so much that it was almost hard to watch. Agree mm-hmm. completely with that. Then she went on and said, I just had one correction regarding Ian's pr- pronouns. They do use pronouns labeling for Ian's character. It's never especially stated Ian's pronouns are they or them, but the other characters do use they, them pronouns to refer to Ian. Most recently in the final episode, when Ben says, I saw future Ian and they gave me this code. Also in that episode, Janice says to Ian, if your 2018 self could see you now, they'd be pretty proud of who they've become. I don't have quotes for all of them, but Addison and Jen have used them, they alt pronouns also for Ian quite a few times throughout the season, started with the pilot episode. I just wanted to point that out because I, f- I like the way the show is using Ian's pronouns in casual conversation without being too in your face about it. Very well said, Kelly. That is an awesome, awesome Email, And we had, you know, part of the discussion was about Ian and how they were represented on the show. And it was quite awesome because Ian, for those who don't know, is played by an actor who you've seen in Sandman playing Desire and other characters. So it's pretty awesome when they are represented properly across that way. And, you know, now that we don't have Darren on the show anymore, we're still going to continue with our LGBT and queer look at, you know, society. And thank you for calling us out on that and, you know, calling it out for us to pay attention to. We really do appreciate that kind of stuff. And please, folks, if you have any kind of comments, any kind of thoughts on past episodes that we've talked about. And it just doesn't even have to be on that topic. It could be about Mike Gordon being grumpy about Picard tonight or anything, <laughs> you know, please write us feedback at our station one.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. And, you know, it's the best way we get to communicate with you guys and such. It's an awesome way to do it. And, you know, it's, it's a ton of fun to be able to be, build a community. And we've been doing that over 13 years now, folks. So it's pretty darn awesome that we've got to do this. And, you know, with episode 700 coming up right around the corner, it's, it's actually pretty cool that we're going to be doing a look at geekdom in 2023, and we're going to be doing it as a live episode. So you guys could definitely join in and talk to us about anything and it's going to be a ton of fun. So with that being said, thanks as always for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Also, remember, we couldn't do this here without you. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our Tee Public store and get some cool ESO Network swag, including, of course, the Wonder Warrior t-shirt. And remember, every t-shirt that we sell with Wonder Warrior on it goes to charity, any profits we get from it. So it's all going to a really, really good cause. Also, remember, if you want to listen to our show, please show before the rest of the world. Why not join in with the ESO Network Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can support us here at the Air Station One podcast. Check out the ESO Network on Patreon at patreon.com slash ESO Network. We also would love to hear from you. As I said before. Feedback at earthstation1.com is the best way to get in touch with us. Remember, you can also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now, of course, Earth Station One could be found in our video format up on YouTube. So please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Remember, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, and hit the bell up the top. You know why? Because that gives you announcements when we come to you now twice a week, not just once, twice a week. So we're doing this even more for you guys now. Even more Earth Station 1 than before. This is just crazy. This is crazy talk, (laughs) I tell you. So on behalf of myself, of course, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Keith, and of course Veronica and Chuck from Earth Station Trek. And sorry Alan couldn't be here tonight. He's having too much fun in Cleveland, you know? (laughs) So thank you guys for listening, everyone. We will see you all here next time on the Earth Station 1 podcast. Peace, and we are done.